The nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. I am Leanne Meyer, and I'm thrilled to be able to welcome you back to the show. So our show today is sponsored by Holly Blue Nurse Community App, which is for and about nurses. You will find their resumes, tools to help you stay organized, professional opportunities, community support, peer support, interesting groups, and pages just for nurses. Um, it is hollyblue.com, a community where nurses thrive. I love the app. I think it's fantastic. And it just so happens that one of my guests today is the founder and CEO, Kara Lunsford. So we will be welcoming her in just a minute. The name of our show today is Nurses Show Us Your Hope. So when the World Health Organization designated 2020 the International Year of the Nurse and Midwife, I'm sure they had no idea the spotlight they would be shining on nurses, uh, on the incredible work of world nurses, would be one of nurses uh, in, and midwives in the trenches. Following a novel coronavirus with their lives, fighting for uh, fighting a novel coronavirus with their lives, the fact uh, that nurses are doing their work quietly in the background does not surprise us. What is a surprise is that the general population is surprised when seeing what nurses really do every day. We have another chance in the extended year of nurse and midwife to bring forth nurses to the center stage and in the spotlight. We want to be not only at the decision-making table for the future, but leading the discussions. This is our time to show the hope nurses bring to the world in more areas than you might imagine. My guests are especially appropriate for this dialogue. I have Janie Garner, who is an RN and founder and executive director of showmeyourstethoscope.org. And she has 650,000, uh, is it members, uh, Janie? Okay. And um, it is a grassroots nursing organization committed to connecting, engaging, and advocating for the healthcare profession through unity. And then, of course, Carol Lunsford, an RN, as mentioned earlier, is a valued sponsor of Once a Nurse, and she is a return guest to the show after appearing September 28th uh, this year. Kara is the CEO and founder of Holly Blue, a nurse app dedicated to connecting nurses um, and restoring their love uh, for nursing and empowering them to thrive. So thank you both for coming. Uh, Kara, maybe we could talk to you first and, and tell us uh, just a little bit about um, how you got into nursing and how and why Holly Blue. Absolutely. Thanks for having me uh, again. You are so welcome. Super excited to be here and um, very excited to be here with Janie, um, mm -hmm. uh, who I really admire. Uh, so, I mean, I got into nursing 14 years ago. Uh, interestingly enough, I was a sign language interpreter before I was uh, a nurse. 
uh, for, oh. for many, many years, uh, something that some people don't know about me, um, which is why I was actually so excited about, um, I had heard about this family that we'll probably talk about later that Janie's been helping yesterday and one of, and the child was deaf. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you know, that's uh, a, a subject that's very near and dear to my heart. But basically I used to um, work as a sign language interpreter. I interpreted uh, the biology of cancer twice, uh, <laughs> two semesters in a row with Dr. Oppenheimer. And uh, when I was interpreting that class, I was just, I really fell in love with, uh, with the idea of being in the medical, in the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I didn't realize what the healthcare system was at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, but I realized that I, I was really intrigued by, uh, by biology and the cancer and, and health. And, you know, and I, and I could see myself being, um, a, a nurse. And, mm-hmm. uh, so I, so I went, I went back to school at that point, um, and, uh, got into a nursing program. I went to LAC USC, uh, college of nursing in Los Angeles. And, uh, and, you know, and then I started out my career in pediatric oncology. So that was, that was my start in nursing. Mm-hmm. And, and how did you get to Holly Blue? Oh, my. <laughs> how did <laughs> I get briefly. to Holly Blue? <laughs> well, uh, you know, when you, when you start out in a, in a field like pediatric oncology, I'm sure you can understand that there's a certain level of burnout. Mm-hmm. that occurs in, in that area of nursing. I, I think that there's uh, burnout in all areas of nursing, or at least in many of them. Uh, but it, it's particularly a hard uh, area of expertise, um, pediatric oncology. So uh, I started realizing how much I was burning out, how much my colleagues were burning out, uh, started uh, with, along with some other coworkers, we started the supportive care committee, uh, where we could support our colleagues uh, through end of life and grief, uh, helping them to sustain their the profession and to you know keep showing up. And I realized that I would want to be able to do this on a much larger scale. But in order to do that on a much larger scale, uh, you that's kind of the best use of technology, right? Is, mm-hmm. uh, is to bring people together, um, uh, in, in one place. So essentially that's how Hollywood was born was, you know, can we, can we bring all of the things that could potentially help nurses to thrive, uh, into one place? Um, and can we partner up with other organizations who are doing similar things and have similar missions, which is why we aligned ourselves with Show Me Your Stethoscope, because we have very similar missions and we're stronger together than we are apart. So that was how great we segue. got to Hollywood. <laughs> That's a great segue into inviting Janie Garner into the um, discussion here. So, uh, Janie, share a little bit about your bio, just kind of a quick summary, and then why nursing and what brought you to show me your stethoscope? Well, that, that's going to be a fun story, but thank you for having me on. Um, so, You're I welcome. am currently a cardiac electrophysiology nurse. I got into nursing 
<laughs> because honestly, I needed a career. I mm-hmm. I really loved being a U.S. Navy hospital corpsman, which is kind of uh, the skill level of like maybe an IV certified LPN. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that for several years. When I got out of the military, I decided that I wanted to do something completely different. And I was the executive director of a children's charity and did, um, (laughs) I actually did uh, after-school programs on low-income housing projects in Atlanta. And then um, I went to school to become a nurse. And I knew I was going to do pediatrics. That did not happen. Mm -hmm. Um, oh. <laughs> I went to a, <laughs> after working in a PICU for uh, four years while I was in school, I went to um, adult ICU mm-hmm. and eventually um, to the emergency department uh, and now, again, cardiac electrophysiology. Show Me Your Stethoscope was an un- kind of like an unintended bonus, actually, um, In 2015, there was a beauty contestant in a pageant who was a nurse and told this beautiful story about this patient she took care of that changed her life. And so instead of using their platform to hold up a woman and and show how important nursing is, the folks on The View decided they wanted to know why she was holding a doctor's stethoscope and why she thought a monologue about an old dude was a talent. Oh, and I, I everyone saw in the that, nursing that world clip. is horrified. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay, so I went home, and I live in Missouri. So that's the show me state. Mm-hmm. So I went home and created a group called Show Me Your Stethoscope and asked all of the nurses I knew to show me their stethoscope. On Facebook, and then all of a sudden, there were over half a million people in this group. And I said, "What are you going to do with this?" And the answer was, <laughs> "Well, you're going to do good. You're going to do good. You're going to do good things for nurses. You're going to finally bring some unity into nursing that I I thought was sorely lacking." So there, mm-hmm. that's how we got there, and uh, yeah. we've met lots of great people along the way, but. The most important thing to us always is that nurses take care of patients and we take care of nurses. Yeah, absolutely. So what we want to do on this show is we want to talk about um, that we have a new opportunity with this extended year of the nurse. And, you know, because it's been such a challenge uh, this whole year to this point and doesn't look like it's going to get any better in the near future, um, we also wanted to, you know, as well as acknowledge the incredible uh, things that nurses have been doing, uh, including putting their lives on the line, um, we wanted to talk about what brings us hope. So um, do either of you want to start? Well, I, I mean, I personally have seen all of the, tra- the nurses who never traveled before who mm-hmm. felt compelled to travel to the Northeast mm-hmm. during the COVID spike and help with all of these patients that, you know, they, I mean, they ran out of hospital beds um, and they were using ventilators to ventilate multiple people instead of just using it for one. And Mm -hmm. they were exhausted and they were 
away from their families, and yet they still managed to form their own nursing community in their hotels. Mm -hmm. They managed to help each other, and they came back talking about the wonderful feelings they had to be able to help during Mm -hmm. this sort of, you know, this disaster, this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it, it really touched me that so many nurses felt like they were called to go help mm-hmm. with the pandemic. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Agree. I, yeah, Kara. I feel like I feel like right now, uh, although this has been a really trying year, um, to say the least, for nurses, uh, I do feel like nurses have been given a voice more of a voice than they've ever been given in the past. More news outlets have wanted to talk to nurses than ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, B- Biden and Harris have now, you know, uh, included a nurse on their, their COVID task force. Uh, so there, I, I just want to mention that there like were tens movement. of thousands of nurses who sent petitions and contacted their uh, their own um, uh, senators and ho- uh, House of Representatives uh, people. And so it, I, I'm so happy to know that they listened to the nurses and realized that this was imperative. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I hated to interrupt you. <laughs> no, I, I think that, that I, I think that's exactly it is that. You know, when they say, or Shirley Chisholm says, you know, if there's not a seat at the table, bring your own chair. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's exactly what nurses have been doing. You know, towards the end of this pandemic, they're, they're standing up, they're speaking up, they're saying, no, and enough is enough. And sometimes mm-hmm. they leave. Sometimes they just pack up and leave and say, you will not treat me this way. I, I won't be treated this way. I'll, I'll go somewhere else. I'll go somewhere where I'm valued. And, and that's important, too, you know, to empower nurses and for nurses to know that that's okay for you to say, I'm not going to be treated this way, and I am going to leave, and I am going to find somewhere else that values me, because sometimes that's the only thing we can do to send a very clear message. Yeah, I agree. Janie, do you want to add to that? I I do. Um, I think that a lot of the problems in healthcare in general have to do with with the fact that nurses don't only feel they actually know that that making noise and um, confronting administration with with truths they don't want to see can in fact, get you fired and blackballed in your in your yes. town. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that I think that people should know that. I think people should hear that from us on the news and on boards and as part of corporations. Um, that there is, in fact, danger to nurses who speak up to do the right thing for the people who they're serving. Which is, in our case, we're serving the people of the United States and largely you know, more largely the world. And I, I think it is very important for them to know exactly 
why nurses do things like join unions and and mm-hmm. try to um, you know whistleblow on stuff that is really bad and wrong and and that it's really not an exaggeration that you have placed your trust in us and it was deserved because we we actually care about you. Mm-hmm. That's, well, that's something yeah. that I would really like for just people to know in general that yes, we we are the people that are going to stand between you and the wrong thing, the wrong right. decision. Mm-hmm. And they don't know so, that they you know we we have a lot of there are a lot of visions of of nurses as the doctor's handmaiden. And while I absolutely appreciate my physician colleagues, they are colleagues. Mm-hmm. I am not their handmaiden, and it exactly. is uh, <laughs> it's, that's. Yeah. Kind of just what I wanted and to go with. The, the other yeah. thing is that um, I think people in general keep hearing, maybe from our government, that we have the best health care in the world and that um, there's no reason to change this health care, et cetera. And in reality, we are in, in the 40 most um, uh, kind of first level or first, um, uh, I can't think of the word, it's, uh, we are 37th. So right. in, in organized countries, in first world countries, yeah, in first world and even some of the second world countries, 40 countries uh, could be included in that. And we're number 37. So the little secret that is being brought out here during this pandemic is that things are kind of a, are really a mess in healthcare, and they need to be addressed. And right now, it's like it's been a house of cards, and everybody was afraid to pull a card because the whole thing was going to go. Well, everything is exposed now because we're seeing how um, uh, ill-prepared people were for this um, pandemic, and it didn't get better over these nine months. We're still in the nurses, the healthcare workers are still in very, very delicate situations. Um, Kara, throw throw something in there about um, you had talked once about uh, a little bit about the abusive uh, cycle of healthcare systems. Do you want to mention that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that abuse cycles are abuse cycles, right? You know, we uh, whether it doesn't matter what kind of relationship you're in, right? Whether it be an intimate relationship, a friendship, a professional relationship, and and unfortunately, I think that we are a female-dominated industry. We are mm-hmm. still a female-dominated industry, and we are treated that way, and and we are not treated with the same level of respect as uh, male-dominated industries. Look at the tech industry, for example. No right. one would dream of teaching, you know, treating uh, d- uh, programmers, developers, the way that they're treated. In fact, mm-hmm. they're given free food, they're given sleep pods, they're given paddle tennis, <laughs> you know, right. um, and, and all, kind, yeah. you know, all kinds of other things, right? And we are a female-dominated industry, and we are treated, you know, as less than human at times. Mm-hmm, you know, absolutely. where and, and almost on a and almost on a regular basis, uh, expected to uh, work without breaks, work without you know being able to go to the bathroom without compromising patient safety. Uh, you know, if you take a break, it's like we'll give your four or five patients to another nurse who has four or five patients. Mm-hmm. Again, not safe uh, to do. 
uh, instead of investing in your nurses, instead of having break nurses that come and 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 break you in a in a in a way that's safe for your patients mm-hmm. and and allows you to actually step away and and take the time you need. Um, yeah. It, no, no. There, I really don't think that there are other many other professions out there Education. that are, are treated and come. And what's most interesting is that we've almost come to expect it. And I think in some ways we've uh, glorified it in mm-hmm. a way. We have. We have. Uh, I'd love to. And, and, I'd, yes. I would love to actually say something about that. The the mean girl click in the hospital, if if you insist on a break or you insist on being treated decently, will, you know, act like you're not a, and I'm putting this in air quotes, real nurse, because Mm -hmm. you don't put up with the abuse proudly. And I think Mm -hmm. this has actually been taught to us. I think we we got this with our, our mother's milk in nursing school. I do. And I, I, I feel like, we are perpetuating our our own bondage, as it were. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm sorry to interrupt Absolutely. you there. No, you know, every now no. And then. I, I, I ahead, wanted sir. you to speak up to that because I, I absolutely believe that just like in any abuse situation, sometimes you get used to it and, you know, you, you get, you, you don't even see it as abuse. And, uh, and I think that it's really, really important in 2021 for us to shine a beacon of light on this and say, you know what, it, it, it's actually more, you know, heroic of you to stand up and say, no, I deserve better. I deserve and the patient to be treated deserves better. better. Because ultimately, it's yeah. the patient who loses. I mean, the nurse loses, but the patient loses, can lose even more. Um, I am probably almost twice as old as both of you, or <clears throat> each of you. Um, and we were trained to stand up when the doctor came on the floor, no matter how tired we were, no matter that was the first time we'd had a chance to sit down in eight hours, um, we were to get up and give him our chair. Um Everything was geared toward having us accommodate everybody else, but not ourselves. And I think some of that, you know, mean girl thing comes from that. When you feel like you have no power um, in just about any situation, people will look at who are the weak people around me that I can step on. And so that just creates this hierarchical uh, kind of thing. So um, what I learned, it took me years and years and years to learn that if I continued to accommodate, I would continue to get kicked. But if I stood up and spoke up for myself with logic and reason and, you know, um, uh, appropriate statistics and appropriate, you know, information for that doctor, they would not only stop uh, abusing me and some of the other people around me, but they would respect me. And that was a big shock. I started teaching all of my nursing um, staff when I became a manager uh, because it was such a shock to me. And I kept telling them, you have to stand up or you will be not appreciated. I'll throw that That's out to I either of you. my new grads, too. Mm-hmm. My new yeah, grads, and- I told the same thing. That's, it, it's just we are perpetuating the cycle of abuse. It's like when right. you have a child who's a bully you, it's usually because they have no power. 
anywhere. Mm-hmm. They have no decision-making power. They're abused themselves. And then mm-hmm. you have, you know, like in our cases, you have that nurse that picks, every, you know, goes behind everyone to make sure everything is perfect. So not so they can improve care for a patient, but mm-hmm. so they can tell on their coworker and feel better about themselves. Yeah. And I, I, I really feel like this is is what our problem is in nursing and that the unity that that is required is really the the solution. The unity unity is what we need. It it will make us feel better and it will cause us to have more power. Exactly. Perfect segue into where I want to go with this. Um, because I want to go in a little bit different direction. I, I just feel like um, there's 4 million of us in the United States, and we feel like we each have no power. So it, it does come back to we have power together, and that power is not about knocking other people down. It's about how do we make this better. And nurses forever have been seen as the handmaiden, but what people don't get is we're no longer the handmaiden. We are educated, we're scientists, we're researchers, we have um, you know PhDs. There's all kinds of things that have happened in nursing that people have not been aware of. So when we come back, I'd like to talk about what nurses can do. So I'd like to take a little break here, and we will be back in just a couple of minutes. And my guest today, if you um, weren't aware, the, the name of the show is Nurses Show Us Your Hope. And my guests are Kara Lunsford, founder and CEO of hollyblue.com, an app for, uh, for an online nursing community. And Janie Garner, who is an executive director of Show Me Your Stethoscope, which is a grassroots nursing organization committed to uh, creating a unified healthcare profession. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. Hey, nurses, what would you say is the hardest part about being a nurse? Well, most of you would say it's putting everyone else's needs before our own, which means not enough time for self care. And this is why Holly Blue has created a peer support and community app just for nurses so you can take care of you. Holly Blue is the ultimate nurse app to help you connect with local nurses, organize your nurse life in one place, restore your love for nursing, and empower you to thrive in a field that needs you. Want to see how it works? Student nurses, nurses, and retired nurses can download this free app on the App Store or Google Play now. Just type in H-O-L-L-I-B-L-U or go to hollyblue.com to start connecting. Womeninhealthcare.org, a national nonprofit, is our newest partner at Once a Nurse. It is among the most rapidly growing professional development groups for women in healthcare today. Through healthcare education, professional development, mentorship, community, and a focus on self, the organization empowers women with the tools needed to advance their careers. They use initiatives to break down barriers within organizations and equip women with the tools needed to open a powerful force for gender parity. 80% of the healthcare workforce is female, with nurses a massive majority of that percentage. But less than 20% of leadership is female. Join womeninhealthcare.org as they help all women of all ages and all levels rise up. Use code HEALTHPROS to receive $50 off the annual membership fee and receive discounted pricing for events, free resources, webinars, and a substantial discount for our annual leadership summit on October 22, 2020 womeninhealthcare.org to be where you want to be in the world of healthcare. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back from the break, and today's episode is Nurses, Show Us Your Hope. My guests today are Carol Lunsford, founder and CEO of hollyblue.com, an app online for our nursing community, which helps nurses thrive and Janie Garner, who is the Executive Director of Show Me Your Stethoscope, which is a grassroots nursing organization committed to bringing healthcare people together uh, in a unified way. So we were just talking before the break um, about some of the things behind the scenes that people are not aware of, that nurses are dealing with. And what we want to focus on now going forward is why is it that nurses are the perfect people to... um, help change the problems that we are able to see and nobody else seems to either want to change or know how to do it. So Janie, could you pick up on that and tell us a little bit of your thoughts on it? Absolutely. And it's with all the people in healthcare, think about every piece of the hospital experience or the, you know, even the outpatient experience, almost everyone has to be focused on something other than the patient, except nurses. Mm -hmm. We are actually one of the only disciplines that is completely patient-focused, and that's because we're not, a lot of times, you know, as as nurses, we're not billing, we're not worried about an insurance company, we're not Mm -hmm. trying to keep revenue up. That's not our job. Our job is to take care of people. And it, it always strikes me as completely bonkers. Honestly, that's the only word for it. That no one ever asks a nurse yes. about yeah. about simple things, you know, treatment plans. The fact that a hospital I worked in bought beds that didn't fit in the elevators because nobody asked a nurse. You know, I, I mean, and there are so many problems that can be solved just by having nurses at the at the table. You know, just like Kara said, if you know if they don't have a seat at the table for you, you've got to bring in that folding chair and. We can we can do so many things for people. I mean, nurses are not, and when I say just, please, diploma nurses, don't stab me. They are not just you know <laughs> going from high school to a to a three year program and then out into the world. Though a lot of the best nurses I know are actually diploma nurses. But, I'm one of them. Yeah. Oh, and there you go. <laughs> so I mean, honestly, my you know I have an aunt who was a diploma nurse who, del- who delivered babies for sixty years. They had to drag yep. her out of there. Yeah. So, um, so basically, um, I, I cannot 
even tell you the number of nurses I know right now who have DNPs or PhDs, mm-hmm. um, who are doing real research, who mm-hmm. are scientists, and we are we we have such an opportunity to improve healthcare by bringing that patient focused mindset into decision making, and if they let us in, we can help fix this mess. <laughs> that's, that's the way I feel about all of this. Just let us in. We want to fix it. Yeah. We have no ulterior motives, you know. <laughs> it's, it, I'm trying it's to figure to out how we better. demand to be in. And kind of like uh, nurses stood up and demanded that Biden put a nurse on the <clears throat> COVID committee, which was absolutely a no-brainer to me, but had to I'd be like suggested. I'd like to point out that I tweeted at him mercilessly about that. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Thank you so much. Kara, but, what are your thoughts on that? I, I couldn't agree more. I, you know, as I, I am still a nurse with my associate's degree. So I, I got my associate's degree. I, I, I graduated from, uh, LACUSC that had been graduating nurses since like the late 1800s. <laughs> so um, it, it, it was a, I really like you should have been like in our school where there was actually all these like pictures that went back to like the late 1800s of like these six nurses that were graduating from LACUSC, like literally in the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did all of our training at general hospital. Um, mm-hmm. so we saw everything, you know, but the thing is, is that because we have this intimate experience with nurses, with patients, sorry. And then we oftentimes go back to school, right. And then we get our BSN and then our MSN mm-hmm. and then our DNP. And we were these constant learners, mm-hmm. but not just are we these constant learners, but we are still, many of those nurses are still providing direct patient care the whole time. So they're yep. still relevant. The, mm-hmm. the information that they're carrying along with them as they're becoming more educated, they're also staying, um, you know, close to the patient mm-hmm. at that time. So the information that they have the ability to bring to the C-suites, you know, in these hospitals and it is just, it's, it's really a travesty that, that they are not brought to the table literally every week and ask how, you know, how could we be doing things better? How could our patient satisfaction scores be better? Everyone's interested in patient satisfaction scores but nobody seems to realize that patient mm-hmm. satisfaction is directly linked to nurse satisfaction. Yes, exactly. It, exactly. Not, not a single person seems to understand this concept. However, it's been proven time and again, and it's actually been measured that mm-hmm. for every, uh, for every uh, two points that you're, you're looking to achieve in patient satisfaction, if you, get, if you get two points in nurse satisfaction, you get one point in patient satisfaction. So it'll go mm-hmm. up. So yeah. for, for every two points in nurse satisfaction, you'll get a point up in patient satisfaction. Yeah. Hey, Janie, so, talk about so innovation. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kara. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, so, you know, 
when nurses come to the table, which they will, um, we're going to be able to help the healthcare system to identify those things, the things that they are interested in. Yeah. Janie, I wanted you to talk about innovation. Um, I find even nurses don't realize how innovative we are um, and always have been. And so, you know, people are actually getting PhDs in innovation now. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, first, I would love to get a PhD in innovation because that sounds like <laughs> a great thing. I actually yeah. have met a ton of nurses at this point who are innovators. And mm -hmm. They are amazing people. They are starting businesses like Holly Blue. They mm -hmm. are um, creating a new dressing for the NICU for, mm -hmm. for, you know, for babies who, you know, get sores or there are a million different things. Mm -hmm. And nurse innovation is honestly going to bring us further than any kind of like engineer or there's a, there's a device that we use in the hospital, which is a lateral movement tool that was invented by a nurse, uh -huh. and it, it's, it saved my spine and mm. the spines of all my coworkers. When we have nurses, when we encourage nurses to innovate, we can only win, and actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little prop for my employer, though. They're not a commercial business. I work for the VA, and mm. we... I mean, we have no lift hospitals. We do not lift patients. And mm -hmm. they actually have an innovation program for nurses. Wow. Uh, like a, uh, what do you call them? Like a hackathon mm -hmm. that you go in and do these different things. One of our CRNAs was actually in it last year for, um, a I, don't, I don't understand it exactly, but it was an anesthesia monitoring thing that they wound up, implementing in VA. I mean, nurse innovation is always going to win because we know what happens. We know what happens when radiology becomes involved, when the doctor's involved, when respiratory therapy is involved, when the family's involved, when the patient needs something. And we can take all of these pieces and decide how we need to solve the problem. Right. Nurses are the, we're kind of standing in the center next to the patient. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think the more nurses innovate, the better things we'll get for patients. I agree. And nurses are so used to doing it because we're always told, no, you can't have money for that. No, you can't change that. No, you can't. You know, we get so many of that. And nurses come back to the bedside and they say, hmm, how am I going to make this work without the things that that they say we can't have. And we almost always come up with something, just like you said, you know, a dressing that actually fits on a newborn of preemie. Um, you know, all of these different things. We just do it and we don't really think too much about it. But that is really an area of nursing. And, and like you said, <clears throat> we are the only ones that are there 24-7 at the bedside. We meet the family. We, we know the patient. We know, you know, intimate things that they tell us at 3 o'clock in the morning, all kinds of things. And everybody else is coming in and going out. They're sort of coming in, doing their thing, and leaving. And we're the only ones that see the whole puzzle piece. Um, and that's why it's so important that we be in those decision-making places. You know, so, nursing is about relationships. Yeah. Nursing is 100% about relationships. It's relationships with your patient, with the rest of the team, and relationships with other nurses. 
And I think where we are falling down Mm -hmm. is relationships with other nurses. But Mm -hmm. we do a really good job developing relationships with our patients, and that's why we do this so well. Mm -hmm. And and I'm probably going to say something that's a little bit... um, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to say it, but, uh, you know, we're, we've been using a lot of travel nurses, right? The Mm -hmm. the industry's been using a lot of travel nurses and, uh, and whereas I know a lot of travel nurses and I really appreciate the profession, um, of travel nursing, it really does need to be the exception and not the rule Mm -hmm. that we are, um, just bringing in travelers that people are coming and going because, to be honest, like our, we are a unit, right? We, we operate like a unit. We are Mm -hmm. a culture in the hospital and you can't just have people coming and going out of that unit. Um, it, it doesn't work that way. And it actually ends up adding more stress to the unit when you have Mm -hmm. people who come and go because you're constantly having to train a new person who's now going to be gone in 13 weeks and a new person's going to come. And Mm -hmm. so, we have to focus on the integrity of the culture of nursing. And the culture of nursing is that, you know, we rely on one another, you know, that you can turn and look over your shoulder and look at that nurse that you've worked with for 10 years and give her a look or give him a look, mm-hmm. and they're going to know exactly what you need. Um, right. If you have people that are just coming and going, you don't have that anymore. And, mm-hmm. and you have this fractured unit. Um, right. so, so, you know, I, I do want to, you know, highlight that whereas travel nursing is a great opportunity for a lot of people and it works within a lot of people's lives, um, that it really does need to not be something that the healthcare system is leaning on or relying mm-hmm. on, but they mm-hmm. need to be focusing on their nursing unit and saying, how do we keep these people together and happy and bring them in support when they need it, but, you know, not just be trying to, you know, put your right. hole in the dike, you know, every time there's a, a new hole, which is a nurse leaving. Right. I was offered an opportunity to recruit for a large, large, large organization in the South um, about six, well, actually right before COVID hit. And um, I insisted that I wanted to go to those places, talk to the managers, talk to the nurses, see what the support for nurses was, because I absolutely did not want to recruit somebody who was going to be brought in there. And there was going to be a huge payment to me. I mean, the, the amount that they were willing to spend was unbelievable. So rather than taking that same amount of money and dealing with the issues that the nurses need, which would the nurses will recruit and bring the friends in and say, hey, you're going to love this place. Come in here. Um, They were willing to pay somebody, you know, an individual to just talk somebody else from another area to come into their hospital and then probably be very disappointed and frustrated when they got there. And um, that just made no sense to me at all. There are so many stories like that. There, there are just so many, and I, <laughs> I will say that, you know, I, I live and work in Missouri, and, and generally in Missouri, they don't get too many travelers. Um, they just make us work with way too many patients, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> um, which is not funny, but what, that's because, that's why I'm laughing, so I don't cry. Um, mm-hmm. they, 
we don't have a ton of travelers here in St. Louis, but um, I have seen over and over again, I mean, and the reason I have left jobs has been I have too many patients and I cannot take care of them safely. I, you know, and I have all these patients because my coworkers were so disgusted with the working conditions that they mm-hmm. left. And it is so much easier to just make nurses happy. I want yes. to tell you that during my entire career, no one has ever asked me how I thought we could make patients happier. Mm-hmm. Never. Not once. It has never happened. Mm-hmm. No one has ever t- asked me how I could make my coworkers happier. I have been brought into the office and said, it's, uh, you know, and told it's obviously that you're unhappy what's going on. But nobody mm-hmm. ever wants to actually be, they don't want to prevent the unhappiness. Right. They don't want to prevent all the problems. Instead, they just assume that nurses will martyr themselves on, on the altar of patient care and mm-hmm and that they can put it off for a little while longer. It's really a poor business strategy. Yeah, and part of that comes from if you're running healthcare as a business uh, with widgets yeah. and how much that widget costs and things like that, um, nurses are your business. So you want the best you know, nurses you can possibly have, and that happens when nurses ask their friends to come and say, you're going to love it here. Uh, I had the fortune to be able to work in such a place. And it's unbelievable, unbelievable the difference in a place where from the CEO to the newest hired employee, everything is about respect, respect for each other, respect for the patient, and making sure that we are actively, proactively doing whatever it is, you know, so that a manager like a CNO or or even a manager on a unit knows exactly what each nurse is uh, about, what is important to that person, and um, trying to help them get there. So it might mean you lose a nurse because you encourage them to go into maybe more um, uh, education, and that education maybe takes them somewhere else. But you can almost bet if that nurse was encouraged by her manager, she's going to bring her friend over and say, you want to work for this person. Oh, 100%. Kara, I'm sure you can speak to that working in the field that you worked in. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I I was I worked at Children's Hospital Los Angeles, and I actually worked there during a time when I I really appreciated the CNO at the time and the CEO, and and we I, I was very fortunate to work under a pretty a, a pretty great uh, management. I think that that has since changed a bit, and I, that's very unfortunate because it was always such a great hospital to work for. Um, but uh, I think that you know as as I, I was always telling people to come to work for Children's Hospital because even though I, I didn't feel like I was necessarily getting the breaks that I needed, but I, I'm fortunate enough that I live in, in California and we have uh, staffing ratios. So, yeah, that I can um, dream of. You, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, so, so, you know, hopefully that is the standard for the rest of the United States at some point. Um, because, you know, no one's gone bankrupt over here just because we ended up with staffing ratios. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the thing is, is that I do feel like, um, when I worked for a place that like cared about 
what I thought. Um, and when I said I wanted, I didn't want to be a part of like these other committees when I became a Clin 2, I wanted to create my own committee. My manager said, of course you do. But then he <laughs> let me, <laughs> you know, so he supported me. Um, and he said, well, if you can get some other nurses to join you in, in starting this other committee, you can go ahead and start it. So we started the supportive care committee. But that was because I had a management team that supported me. So I mm-hmm. stayed there for eight years, um, right. even though, you know, I was exhausted and, and, and burned out and, and tired just from the dynamic of pediatric oncology. I stayed there because I really, truly loved mm-hmm. my hospital. And, um, and yes, there was things that they probably could have done and better things they could have done, but there was a lot of things that they did really great. That's right. Um, and, and UCLA is a great example of a hospital that people never leave UCLA. We're coming to the end, uh, toward the end of the show. We still got some time here, but, um, I wanted to point out too, that, um, I, in the course of doing this show for the last three years, I have met some of the most incredible leaders, CEOs, CNOs, administrations who have trained their entire organization based on these aspects of respect. And that's what I want to see going forward is more of that kind of an organization as opposed to those who are only looking at the the bottom line as being a financial one. And nurses are just uh, a line item and a big line item in their budget that they'd like to make smaller instead of recognizing if we can listen to nurses and utilize their ideas, it will make things better for the entire organization. So um, I really, both of you have some things to talk about uh, that nurses are doing for other nurses. And Janie, I wanted you to talk about the, the reindeer program that you're doing. Oh, Operation Reindeer Games. So every year since 2015, uh, December 2015, we have adopted healthcare families that were down on their luck. It actually came about because a nurse in my big Facebook group said, oh, Janie, is there any way I can not see all the toys you're posting? Because we were doing affiliate links, trying to make a little mm-hmm. money to incorporate at the time. Um, is there any way I can not see them? Because I'm not going to be able to buy my kids anything for Christmas this year. We're so poor. And I said, oh, that's not going to happen. And the Christmas family program was born. And actually... Mm-hmm. Um, Yesterday, we dealt with a, a family who said, please don't send us toys. We need food. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, in a, she's in a spike zone, and her hospital laid her off uh, 16 hours of paycheck to, because, you know, they weren't making all the same money with their same-day surgeries. So we actually had to um, buy her groceries for the next month or so. And that, mm-hmm. But that's nurses helping nurses. These nurses mm-hmm. are filling Amazon lists for families, um, and they are helping to feed people. But, you know, of course I want to know where her hospital was when they, you know, mm-hmm. to make sure that make sure. Sure she was okay. But but I know that nurses, like I, like I always say, again, we take care of patients, but show me your stethoscope takes care of right. nurses. Right. So, so Janie, how would they, if somebody out there wanted to contribute to this program, is it still possible to do it now before Christmas? Um, you can actually uh, get in our 
Facebook group, which is Show Me Your Stethoscope. It's the one with 640,000 people in it. <laughs> um, and look for our links. Or you can get on our website, smysofficial.org. And you can just use the donate link. Okay. So it's S-Y-M-S. S-M-Y-S. Show Me Your Stethoscope. Official? S-M-Y-S. Okay. dot org. Okay, and Kara, uh, we just have like a minute or so, a couple minutes. Uh, could you uh, share what's going on in Holly Blue? Sure. Yeah. Well, right now we are, our focus right now is is on helping show me your stethoscope um, with uh, their their reindeer games. So um, and getting more of the uh, more awareness about all the great work that they're doing. Uh, so that's kind of our focus right now in uh, this week. And uh, we actually have Michael Buble, who is going to do a post about um, what they're doing and try to drive some uh, donations to their nonprofit, which I'm super excited about. And thank you to Michael for doing that. Um, he is Father Christmas, after all. So <laughs> <laughs> um, super, super happy that he's helping us with, the, with, with this, these Christmas families. Um, and, and also the other thing that Holly Blue is really doing is that we are working on a program where um, nurses can call a code blue uh, on, uh, on their facility. So, um, you know, in our partnership with Show Me Your Stethoscope, we want, them to, we want nurses to know that this is a place where you can anonymously uh, uh, call a code blue and we will um, act on your behalf and just uh, kind of show up. We're still working out that program and kind of the, the details of that program, but that is what we're going to bring into 2021 is uh, if you don't feel like you can show up for you, we will show up for you. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, and that's just in the, the starting phase right now? Yeah, so we're working on kind of the landing page and the and the process and the task force that we have to put into effect. We have a lot of ambassadors that work for Holly Blue mm-hmm. um, and some interns. And uh, Janie and I are having conversations. Kara, I'm going to have to interrupt you. Know, you. We actually are almost yep. we're almost out of time, and I need to close. But oh, I just want to thank you both for coming. This has been Nurses Show Us Your Hope. And I think these are two nurses who are really using their innovation and their ideas to help nurses in every way possible. So if you can help them uh, online, that would be great. And it's hollyblue.com for the app. And um, I think we already got the other one. So uh, thank you very much, Carol Lunsford, who is uh, founder and CEO of hollyblue.com. And uh, thank you also, Janie Garner, Executive Director of Show Me Your Stethoscope. And that also is 640,000 friends of each other that are nurses, um, just trying to make the world a better place for each other and for the patients they serve. Thank you both so much for being on. Oh, thank you so much for asking me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.